on today's Graze the Rim. The second round has started off. Every series has had at least a game played. We'll enter those. And now with the Mavericks' loss, all we have left these playoffs are to cheer for the teams we hate to lose. So lock up your dogs. We are back. We are live. Welcome to the Graze the Rim podcast. This is an NBA podcast hosted by two guys better at talking about the playoffs than we ever were at being in the playoffs. I am Robbie Thomas, joined by Seth Curran. Seth, hey, hey. Uh, a lot of playoff things happening, a lot of news. First and foremost, bad news is we got to buy yet another LeBron James jersey. Oh my god, I know. My bank account cannot handle this. That's one. what I'm saying. Just dropped today that he is... Changing his jersey number to six, back to six, back to the Heat, LeBron days. And I, I tried to look up the stat. I couldn't find, all I could find was a year-by-year thing for jersey sales. But surely LeBron James has to have the most jersey sales in sports history, right? Gotta be. I mean, it's because be. like like Jordan or Kobe, like they played for one team. So people weren't buying a ton of different jerseys. But LeBron has played for basically four different teams. Well, I mean, technically three teams, but it might as well have been four because... All the right. Cleveland fans had to buy new jerseys because they burned their old jerseys when he left. Exactly. So four teams, and now his fifth basically different team. Well, you know, fifth jersey because his new number on the same team. And he's, you know, the yeah. number one in jersey sales every year. So, Oh, it's got, he's got to be. I mean, I, I haven't actually uh, gave any money to that because, you know, I get him off uh, what, Alibaba or whatever. AliExpress. AliExpress, yeah. <laughs> AliExpress, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, that's what I was wondering. Do do players or teams get a percentage of jersey sales? But like fake jersey sales? Or no, real no, jersey real jerseys, like from NBAstore.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have do to, they? I think. It's just cause players, like, for sure. If players do, why not just change your number every like two years? You know what I mean? If you're <laughs> because a if you're player. changing your number, what this is, this is what I'm interested about, this LeBron thing. If they're going to retire LeBron's number, what, what number goes in the rafters? That's true. That's a good question. I, they can't, it can't be both. Absolutely, that's not. a once in a lifetime. You got to play twenty years to get both. That's a good question. I'm, does so, he get the I mean, pick, like if, or would it be? It would probably be twenty three because you know twenty three is such a famous number for other reasons. Right, it would be like here's our twenty three in the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Ice Cube's son is a big Lakers fan, and the tweet came out that said LeBron's changing to number six, but Anthony Davis is. Staying at number three, apparently. Wait, is he really? I just—that's what I heard. Yeah, because but anyway, he was supposed to change. The, uh, sorry, the number the, the the tweet was like, where? So who gets? Where does number jersey number twenty three go next? And he just said the Raptors. And I was like, that'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see uh, LeBron James twenty three hanging from the Staples Center. He probably will. Raptors. I mean, yeah, I mean you have to be. He has to. Be. He won a championship. That's the gold standard in in Lakeland. Okay, anyways, I just thought that was fun. That's fun news. Uh, let's get to it. The most award winners, or all of the award winners, have been announced. Coach of the Year and MVP have been announced. Not Rookie of the Year yet. Spoke. They haven't said, oh, they the haven't said Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Hold yeah. off on the big one. <laughs> I We say this every year. Why are we announcing them now? Why aren't we doing it before the playoffs start? I don't understand. That's my question. So yeah, uh, Tom Thibodeau won Coach of the Year. Fantastic. I was... Drinking all the tears of people whining about it on Twitter at Chip and Monty Williams. Yeah. I love that. We got him like green screening in from Cancun in a Knicks polo <laughs> because they're out of the playoffs. Because they're not doing they, – they don't do it before the playoffs start. Do it before the playoffs start. I don't know. Yeah. Which, I mean, wait a minute. First of all, Tibbs is not a Cancun guy. Tom Thibodeau. No. He 100% no, no, no. is like uh, like go to like a, a Civil War reenactment with his yes. family for the experience. Or like, like one of those like uh, – like old west towns, but like where you have to like do chores and stuff, like for the experience. You know what I mean? Like he's I a big experience like, he guy. He seemed like he seemed like a, like an Atlantic City guy, like not a real Vegas guy, because he didn't like to have too much fun. He likes to just sit at a slot machine by himself. And oh, little penny slots. Okay. Exactly. I was thinking. I was picturing him a fa- Does he have a family? I was picturing him a family man. He might. Like his kids just hate their vacations because it's just he's just like his you're gonna dad rented an RV gonna... to spend time. Yeah, exactly. Together. Exactly. <laughs> so like they had to go into the. 
whatever, the Utah mountains on horseback to tell Thibodeau that he won Coach <laughs> of the Year and bring him a polo shirt to green screen him in to make it look like he's in the office or whatever. Um, <laughs> it was There was some controversy. Monty Williams had more first place votes. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. But not more total votes. So I don't know what people's... I don't care why people's... Yeah, so first place votes are are worth five points. Second place worth three points. And third place first... Or third place... A third place vote is worth one point. Tom Thibodeau had 43 first place votes. And Monty Williams had 45 first place votes. Uh, But the total points, Thibodeau had 351 to Monty Williams 340. So I don't know... I guess I'm confused. Like, why don't you just get a vote and we just vote? Yeah. Like, who, I mean, who is your coach to, of the year rather to, than yeah, having to, points? And then you could, like, because it, it sounds like it's, like, to honor other coaches. Like, we'll have an honorable mention list like, right. where you write in honorable mentions, but they don't count for votes. That's a good point. I People have been saying that the Suns having success while the Knicks flaming out is a credit to Monty Williams. Like, the re, my real coach of the year is still doing well. And it's it's I think it's the exact opposite. That, that Tom Thibodeau overperformed in the regular season, had higher, lower expectations, and delivered more with less. And then when it mattered in the playoffs, they got cooked because their team actually sucks. And they just got cooked. Because everyone else is playing season. harder now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone else is exactly. uh, all right. And then uh, Jokic was the uh, MVP, dominated first place votes. Curry got more first place votes than Embiid, which surprised me. I, Amazed d- me. Did we, so like the unwritten rule, everyone agrees that the MVP has to be on a, a team that's winning or a successful team did we just like did that just go out the window uh, yeah i don't know it makes no sense uh i mean Jokic got 91 of the 100 first place votes well and... the 101 because the fans get a vote and I today really I, cool. I, I learned yeah it's 101 okay because i today i learned that the fans get a vote that counts for the mvps do you know who the fans voted for i'm sure you saw it for some reason Derek rose it was Derek rose i i know i'm in the minority here i I do not care for Derrick Rose. He he insists upon himself. You ever seen that He's Family Guy? Person. You ever seen that Family Guy uh, sketch? No. Cut that. It was Family Guy is like like they just throw a hundred jokes a minute at a dartboard, and one so. of them lands. Yeah, the one that lands, <laughs> like it's funny. It's like like in that scene, they're like the whole family is like uh, in a room filling with water. They're like about to drown, and Peter's like, "Before we die, I have to get some off my chest." I don't care for the Godfather. And then it's like, what? And he's, he's, that's what he says. He says, it insists upon itself. And there's, it's really funny. I mean, I'm going to break down humor, so it's not going to be funny. But they have this very, like, candid conversation about why he doesn't like it while they're drowning. It's a very funny scene. But he insists upon himself. So, so fans love Derrick Rose because, like, he's battled back from horrific injury luck or bad injury luck, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of players have bad injury luck. You know? I mean, he was. here's the thing. He was so gifted athletically, his knees couldn't handle all the explosiveness. You know what I mean? So, like, God gave him his ability and he took it away because that was the only reason he was so incredible was he was so incredibly explosive. Like, he he can't shoot is the thing that bothers me. His game has not really evolved. It's just that he's gotten craftier as, he, as he's learned to play with less explosiveness. But he can't he's shoot. I mean, like, it's like the peak was so high and then the valley was so low and now he's not in that valley anymore, but he's nowhere near the peak. So it's like, oh, damn, he got really good. Yeah, no, but like, like, no, (laughs) that's the thing. And like, like Vince Carter, who was totally relying on his explosiveness, he played until he was like 50 because he learned how to shoot. (laughs) Derrick Rose would learn how to shoot. He would do it. And also his dumb face, his dumb never react to anything face that I hate. If he's not excited about any good play, why should I be? But but it's the injury thing. Here's my – I looked up, Seth, uh, some of the, the list of great players, NBA players derailed by injuries. Mm-hmm. Here's some that are much more deserving, in my opinion. Uh, number one, Danny Manning. This is on this list. I'm sure you – I'm sure this is the first <laughs> thing that popped in your mind. Uh, number one overall pick towards ACL rookie season was never the same. Mm. I don't hear people claiming for him to be MVP. My my <laughs> The actual first name popped into my head. Is Brandon Roy as a guy that people should love? Oh my god, same. Injuries. That he was like rookie of the year. Actually, let me let me find it. Yeah, rookie of the year in two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven season rookie of the year, three time All Star, two time All MVP, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So 
Like by his fourth year in the league, he was two time all second team NBA. Yeah. And then two years later, he had to retire because of degenerative knee condition. He had no knee cartilage. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. where's where are the people voting him MVP? Or Yao well, Ming? Trace McGrady. Yeah. Grant Hill? Yeah. Mario Stoudemire? Chris Bosch might have died if he kept playing. Yeah. But, but we choose Derrick Rose for we, some We choose Derrick Rose. Whatever. Who, might or, who may be a shitty person, I think. I'm going to take your word for it. So I believe I think, you. Now I could be I could be way off on Derek Rose, uh, and Derek, I apologize if this if this wasn't you, but pretty sure he has a like a sexual assault case. Mm, okay, um, so maybe we shouldn't support a guy like that. That's true. I would never support any player that has had uh, sexual assault allegations <laughs> that went to trial. Not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do find it interesting that Derek Rose got a, a first place vote. Julius Randle, his teammate, uh, the star of the Knicks, one third. Place vote five fourth place votes. <laughs> wow, I didn't look <laughs> but down Derek the Rose rest. Gets the, yeah, I didn't scroll down the list. Gets the first place vote. All right, let's get to the games playoffs. That's what we're here for. This is a playoff edition. Did I say what day it is? I don't know what day is it. It's June 9th, Wednesday, June 9th. Uh, we are recording before recording before the Suns. Who are they playing? I can't even think. Suns Nuggets, Nuggets, Nuggets. game two. So we don't know how that ends up, but um, we're going to start with where we left off. Was the eve of Game Six, Clippers Mavericks? So we'll start there. Uh, Seth, I said I would be pissed if the Clippers won in seven, and I'm pissed. And they did, yes, yes, yeah, and they yeah. did that. Uh, so Game Six, is it the best playoff game of Kawhi Leonard's career? Obviously not the highest stakes, but because um, being first round, but I don't know. I have to say yes. I mean, the the shot against the Raptors is, or against the uh, Sixers is obviously going to be the first thing that pops in people's mind. But this seemed. This was just he, uh, Kawhi Leonard scored forty five points, shooting like seven yeah. above seventy percent from the on field on twenty five shots, forty five points. Yes, yeah. Just carried this team uh, to a must win game game six. I think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, just uh, yes, yeah, so you said forty five points. He basically put the way the game away. Fourth quarter, it was like a tie game or a two point game. He hits two tough threes in back to back positions, and I think mm-hmm. a layup, like eight straight points by himself. Like, pushes it to either 8 or 10, like, close to double digits. Mavericks can never rally back. I What I love about watching Kawhi play, and ever since I heard this, I love it more, is that, that when, like, Spurs development staff was trying to develop Kawhi offensively, they modeled his shot after Kobe. Did you know this? I didn't know that. That they, yeah, that they wanted his actual form and release to look like Kobe. So if you watch it, he'll, like... Like kind of similar to Kobe, he kind of shoots really flat from three. That kind of pushes it yeah. out of his hand, which then modeled up to Kobe. And his game today, offensive game, is easily the closest to what you think of like prime Kobe. And that you know, just the incredible footwork, turning off both shoulders. It's just like if he gets to anywhere like fifteen feet and in, he can find a way to get off a good shot, and it's almost always going to go in. Yeah, like he knows exactly where he wants to go on the court. What Kobe always called him like the kill spots. Yes. Uh, anywhere in the mid-range for Kawhi Leonard. If he gets there, he's able to get off off a pretty good look. And he completely comfortable taking those. I want to talk about Marcus Morris. Uh, in Game 7, I assume. Well, both. Oh, was he was 1-10 great- in Game 6, too. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> I just, so, they, so they've completely gone away from Zubats in the starting lineup and have slid Batum in, who Batum's played better. But the, Marcus Morris... Had, Something in him just tells him that he has to shoot the ball. Uh, he's like he's got the Jordan Clarkson trait in him that there's just something off. The ball's in his hands; it's got to go up. And he <laughs> and so many of them were like post up ISOs for no reason. If and I don't understand how it keeps being part of their offense because it's still continued even into fast forward a little bit into this Jazz series. It yeah, was, it was evident last night too. I don't understand. Um, but the thing that stuck out is Luke Kennard's back in the rotation. Yeah, he sure is. So game seven. I don't know if it was more comfortable than Game Six, but Luke yeah, Kennard, the bench mob for the Clippers, Luke Kennard came to play. Is that what you were, what you were talking about? That he was yes. great in Game Seven. Yeah, he yeah. and and Terrence Mann, who Terrence Mann, like the the glue guy, the the guy in the trenches, your favorite Energy, guy, like that. Energizer Bunny. Exactly. He he is that guy for this Clippers team. He was really good. I think you mentioned it for me, and I want to start referring to him like this. Uh, Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad. Yes. Was 7 of 9 from 3 in this game after struggling for a good part of the series. It was 
he is who was who was the quote? Was it Lance Stevenson? Said like I'd rather be O of oh, yeah. thirty than O of ten. Because at some point you lost confidence and stopped shooting. Not me. Not Marcus Morris. He eventually it paid off for him in this game. But uh, Kawhi was great, efficient, 28, 10, and 9. And uh, this game, to me, this game 7, Seth, felt like what we all knew and were so surprised to see in games 1 and 2. That yes. the Mavericks supporting cast is bad and the Clippers supporting cast is much better. Right. Now, we're, I mean... Luke Luke had forty six in this game and fourteen assists. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, there's not much more he he could have done uh, to try to get this win. And guys have been pretty solid off the bench though for the Mavs in this series. They got some good minutes from Brunson and Kleba throughout the series. Josh Richardson has been pretty bad the entire series, but six total bench points in Game Seven just yeah, killed them. That's terrible. And and. In the starting lineup, Hardaway and Porzingis were combined one of 14 from three. Yeah. <laughs> which that doesn't help, obviously. Um, I think the worst part, Seth, for the game seven, the worst thing for the Dallas Mavericks was that Patrick Beverly did not play. I know. That he yeah. was a DNP CD, did not play coach's decision. And Seth, this, this afternoon, as I was um, looking for stuff to talk about, there was some like Instagram, whatever, influencer chick that was trending on Twitter because um, she announced she's starting her OnlyFans. And we oh, haven't nice. talked about OnlyFans on this pod, which obviously is long overdue, but we need to. That one, it's hilarious in like a sad state of society. But um, <laughs> my but the point I'm bringing this up is uh, I, I don't subscribe to the OnlyFans anymore. Obviously, Ooh, anymore. I used to do it a ton. But okay. I would pay substantial money for an OnlyFans video of Ty Lu telling Patrick Beverly he's not going to play. Because <laughs> that is the stuff I want to see. That is stuff we need to see. That's yeah, That's content that deserves to be that behind he goes the paywall. From, exactly. I and I would pay for it. He goes from starting, playing like 30 minutes, to just, no, we're not playing you. Don't even think about taking your warm-up off. Yeah, Luca made him unplayable. That's what I love about it. Yeah. just He's too small. We do. <laughs> while, we're, while we're here, sorry that you have... No, it just brings me happiness. That's all. Yeah, okay, absolutely. While we're here, we have to talk about Porzingis. Especially with the report came out that he is unhappy with his role in the Mavericks. I am also unhappy with his role in that he has any role with the Mavericks. I said I went and watched highlights from his 2017-18 All-Star season on the Knicks. Yeah, He is a different player then. And some of that, like, like some of it is injuries, obviously, which doesn't help his case, but no injuries happen. He's been banged up a lot. Maybe lost some clothes with this. But injuries, maybe his role is really less that he's just not that involved in the offense. But, I mean, this guy, this Nick's Porzingis, I mean, there's like 24 points a game. Yeah. He, like, cutting to the rim, he's a huge vertical threat, incredible shot blocker, especially on the eve of Paul George saying after one of these games that the Mavericks don't have a rim protector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but he's doing all these things. He's creating his own shot. And I see none of this on this Mavericks team. Like, he just stands and shoots, and not even at good times. Like, there are times where he feels like, oh, time for Kristaps to shoot, so Kristaps is going to shoot. Yeah, it's been a couple possessions without me chucking one up. Let yeah. me let it fly real quick. I have no faith in him creating his own shot, as it stands no. right now, which is so far of a cry from where he was on the Knicks. And, well, I mean, we're not going to get into offseason stuff, but I, I just... But it will be an interesting offseason for the Mavs, for sure. Yeah. There's a... There's a let, me, let me start with this. Game 7 on Sunday... I was unable to watch it real time uh, because I have a friend that was getting married and we're no longer friends because of it. Right. Obviously. Uh, I did go. So I had to, I had to rewatch the, the game seven sad because I already knew the outcome. Oh, did you, um, I was going to say, did you follow on your phone? Were you following the score? Yeah, I was. Oh, and yeah. so I watched the first half on my phone on the way out there. But anyway, there's a, there's a play where Kristaps has it on a fast break, two on one, and just pulls up from three for... God knows what reason, obviously misses it, but at seven three he's leading the break and you're like, damn, that's that's impressive. Like that guy, he looks he looks because he's seven three, he's running. Yeah, you he looks forget graceful. he's seven three, yeah. Yeah. And then he just stops at the three point line on two on one fast break. And it's like some wires are not connected correct correctly mm. in his in his brain. It's the only thing you can think of, because no nobody that size, like, man, I have this advantage, I could get a real easy layup or a dunk right, right here. But 
I could get one extra point. I won't because I'm not going to make it, obviously, but I could. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just things like that that just annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't make sense. No, just a bad a bad day to not show up for the supporting cast yes. in this game. Yeah. And for the Clippers supporting cast to, to play great. This game, I mean, it wasn't... The second half felt like the Clippers were just running away with it, um, unfortunately. And the Clippers are still alive. Yeah, Clippers move on. Jazz Clippers. So it was Clippers six and a half, and I picked the Jazz. Okay. As it okay. was. So Jazz win game one. I will say, Clippers get injury luck in two straight rounds. So mm-hmm. Mike Conley banged up this round. And in the first round, Kristaps Porzingis not banged up. So two straight good things injury-wise for the Clippers. Uh, this said, So this is a great game. Super fun game to watch. This felt like a game that just one team was fresh and one team had just played a brutal seven-game series and fell apart in the second half. <laughs> they just Yeah, they just wore down, it seemed like. Yeah. The Jazz came out hot for the first, like, five minutes and then missed 20 straight shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just had to battle back from there in the second half. Clippers need to look at what the Hawks are doing to hide Trey Young and do that. Because, again, for the second straight series, the story is how the great guards for the opposing team are just exposing these mismatches, forcing yeah. these bad switches onto the Clippers. So in... In the first series, it was Luka dominating Zubak. In this series, or in this game, kind of Zubak was in trouble a few times, but down the stretch, Luke Kennard, who's played his way into the rotation <laughs> and is shooting very well, they They're are hunting. just, they are bullying him. Yes, <laughs> that it was hunting. just, whoever he is guarding. Get up to the ball screen. Run him into Donovan Mitchell's guy, yeah. <laughs> and I just, that's got to be, I mean, obviously Luke Kennard knows he's not a good defender, because he's yeah. not. But like you're you're like a six five shooting guard staring at like a six two shooting guard, and your job is to hedge on ball screens because they do not want you switching onto them. Like that's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got every advantage in the world, and yeah. They so having said that, why is he in the game at the end? Why is Luke Kennard in the game if he's just this I mean, horrible his, liability defense? He was one of the best offensive players in the game last night, and just some inconsistent shooting from some other Clippers. But he was seven to nine last night, eighteen points, kept a minute. He, he was great, but you're you're it's just destroying your defense. There's no oh, exactly that's what I'm saying. So so if no one else on the Clippers is able to provide any spark offensively, it's like what are, you, are we going to live with a little bit of offense, from Luke Kennard, or are we going and just that's deal the, with his? He was just done with just getting layups. <laughs> just not even they just run him in, run Luke Kennard's guy in for a ball screen layup, layup, layup. That was pretty great. No, Donovan Mitchell was great. Donovan Mitchell was great. Thirty points, thirty something points in the second half. Yeah, 45 for the game. That the yeah. offense just dissolved into, I'm just going to, no one else is going to touch it. <laughs> I'm going to bring the ball <laughs> if I'm going to shoot. And it worked. And again, that's why, like, put in a better defensive players and see if he'll pass out of it. Like, make, I don't know. We'll see. It was just game one. Uh, I, other notes from this game. Well, do you have any other notes from this game? Let me have with that. No, I, I just, I, we talked about Don Mitchell taking yeah. as many shots as he can, it seems like. When he's getting to the hoop like this, you don't have a problem with it. That's that's a complete difference. When he's yeah. settling for, I mean, he shot half of his shots from three, but in the second half, he was just getting to the hoop, and I, I enjoyed watching that. That's really all I wanted to yeah. talk about. My so I was not impressed with Rudy Gobert. Was my other note from this game? Rarely am. <laughs> yeah, no. So he was in some foul trouble, but um, Clippers stayed with their small lineup, starting Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad at the center. <laughs> uh, so Rudy Gobert, ten points, twelve boards. Like, like, who are you? Are you Christoph Wazingas that you can't exploit the size mismatch? Like, go, I, like, and there were times where like they would pick and roll and he'd catch it like on the low block and he's just like you can't just jump hook. Like he'd make this kind of weird awkward post move. I think he scored one, got fouled a couple times, but but I I was hoping for better for him. We did. Oh, we got some boogie minutes. Marcus Cousins yes. came in. That was fun. I could not believe that what I was That seeing. was fun. Why speaking of players whose injuries have derailed their careers, why not why don't we feel bad for him? I mean he he is didn't he didn't he do the Achilles ACL like back to back? Yes also? he did. He but he did he did the Achilles and then the quad injury that kept him out of the Warriors season and then the Achilles with the Lakers. Or and then the ACL with the Lakers. Right. Yeah. Plus he got um, drafted yeah. by the Kings. So that's Double That's bad enough. Double career suicide that he's had to overcome. Yeah. Last night I was the was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the 
Leo meme yeah. where he's pointing at the screen where Boogie yes. came in. Yeah. That was me. I was like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Right, right. Did Ty point to the wrong guy on the bench? Maybe. And and just got and up and sprinted to the He didn't have the, the, the heart to tell him, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Last thing, Paul George, 4 of 17. Love Are it. We, have we, has he had a good game in this these playoffs? I don't know. Yes. He was good in games one and two. They lost, so they got overlooked, okay. which is fine. Yep. Um, so we're still waiting for a, one good game for him this uh, this playoff. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is we are definitely, I'm not sure, I'm, I can't guarantee what game it's going to be, but uh, Jordan Clarkson is definitely going to shoot the Jazz out of one of these games. He tried to shoot him out of this. Yeah. Like, he's just <laughs> jacking. And then like, so yeah, so he was like, they, they flash a stat that he was like three of ten from the field. And then end of the third quarter, I think it was end of the third quarter, maybe end of half. Joe Ingles brings the ball up and like dribble handoffs, give it to Clarkson. All right, you go ISO now. And he takes, a, he misses a step back three. It's like why, why, why is that our offense? Oh my god, I know. As soon as that bench unit's in, it's just if Clarkson gets the ball, yeah, it's going up. Yeah, you either block out or get back yeah. on defense. All right, uh, other West Suns Nuggets. Only um, one game played yep. so far here, as well. This was a this was another fun game. Another rowdy home crowd. Playoff crowd. Oh my back. gosh. Yeah. That was that was amazing just to just to watch. That's when I had to turn the sound up on and I mean especially I guess they're very similar that the visitors were leading for most of like through the half, basically, into mm-hmm. the third quarter, and then the home team made a run or started to make a run, chip away and then take a lead and it was crazy. Yeah, so yeah. The Nuggets led basically the all first half. They went up ten in the third quarter and then a quick Blinking, you miss a 13-0 run by the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, speaking of the Nuggets, your boy, Monty Morris. Well, I was going to say, first uh, horrible playoff game so far. <laughs> One of 10 from the field, uh, whopping minus 28, plus minus in 23 run minutes of up, play. Run it up, baby. Run it yeah, up. That's tough. Other <laughs> Nuggets, I mean, shout out. I, for me, the biggest positive surprise of the playoffs is DeAndre Aiden. Oh my God! So yeah. first of all, twenty and ten on nine of thirteen, which is you know great, but he's been doing it all playoffs. But he was he clamped Jokic as much he as he held can his clamp own. Jokic, yeah, yeah. So while Jokic is being defended by DeAndre Ayton, five of fourteen from the field and zero free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. Take that, Nurkic. We can maybe take some <laughs> notes for that. But yeah. uh, he, he was great. And then other last Nuggets note. I mean, they're missing guard depth, obviously, which, which we knew. But Michael Porter but, Jr. limited in with back tightness. That if he's yeah, if he's yeah. limited, I mean, chalk the series up now. You say you say but is there a but? Uh, there's a there's a chance of Will, Will, Will Barton appearance Barton tonight. Sighting? What about, I thought PJ Dozier was. Uh, I thought he was a go for round two. For but, yeah, uh, obviously but, uh, no, it's, it's not the case. Uh, so thank God Marcus Howard can officially be out of the rotation yep. at all times. Uh, that's good news for everybody. Yeah, I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton, like you were saying. Yeah. He's – we talked earlier, like in the Lakers series, how he's getting so many just dump down passes from Chris Paul or Devin Booker. So much well, like on Chris him. Paul was gr- – he's back. He looks yes. fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. cut in real quick. Yeah, yeah uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> it's Chris Paul. Anyway, uh, he had multiple like face-up jumpers on Jokic. And then his some of his finishes at the rim are like contested through contact, like – Catching on the move, jumping off a of one. It just, he looks like his movement is all like under control now, which I didn't think was the case before. Mm. He just looks skilled. Uh, I'd love to see it. And then, still, as always, Devin Booker coming off any screen has so much gravity that <laughs> that uh, DeAndre Aiden is still going to get great looks just based on sending two at Devin Booker. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a good Suns team. Like I think four yeah, of the starters, all around. four starters were in twenty points. Do you know who's yeah. the leading scorer? I don't remember. I was going to write it down. Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. I think yeah. he had like twenty five, yeah, yeah. twenty five or something like that. Which, if you're getting that from <laughs> from everybody, oh, absolutely. Good luck. I love that Jay Crowder was the one that didn't score over twenty. Oh, I absolutely. like that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any status on Michael Porter Jr. But they, boy, do they need him offensively. As bad oh, as his guards to, are playing. Yeah. He has to be that. I thought that Aaron Gordon played well in this first game. He's still moving really well without the ball. Yeah. And he was able to take advantage of Devin Booker mismatches. For some reason, they weren't. They said, all right, Aaron Gordon, you catch the ball in the post. We're going we're gonna to one-on-one you with Devin Booker. If you have to do all the scoring offensively, we're going to live with that. We're not going to send double. And it worked for them. Aaron Gordon's going to get his, but 
the the Suns are gonna be just fine with that. That's what they showed in game right. one so far, anyway. All right, one zero Suns. Uh, good head over to the east. Jump on. Yeah, what was the line? What did we have for a line? Oh, uh, you. I had the Nuggets, right? Yes, Nuggets. It was, I was Phoenix six and a half. Phoenix six or less. Me. Okay. You pick, okay. you. So I'll tell you, you. You first picked the Nuggets and flipped, or you first picked the Suns and then flipped to the Nuggets. Damn. And I'm very glad because when yeah. you said Suns, I was like, crap. I was not happy with that because <laughs> I, I I I thought the Suns were gonna win. So yeah. Um. But yeah. Game two is tonight. So keep an eye out. Watch, yeah, watch out job. for that. It was a big Jokic night, one-one uh, series. Nice. <laughs> I don't remember that. But uh, all right, East Hawks Philly. What a tale uh, of two different games. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, Embiid looks not injured. He looks great. <laughs> literally, he's literally averaging like forty and fifteen over these two games. This pissed me off. Couldn't tell. He's got a he's got a fat knee brace. That's all I noticed for him. In terms of it's injured. ridiculous. It, yeah, let's. Yeah, what did you say it was? Forty and fifteen. Like it, it was literally it sounds ridiculous. Thirty nine and forty were the two scoring <laughs> outputs. It's thirty nine and a half is what he's averaging. Oh my god! Oh yeah. So you, it was Philadelphia six and a half, and you picked the Hawks. So yep. Philly in seven or Hawks win in any any number of games you win. I need Philly mm-hmm. in six or less. But yeah, game one. What a game for the Hawks. Jeez, you know, they came took out the and crowd out of it, it on, yeah, yeah, put it on the Sixers to start. Twenty-six point uh, first half lead. I yeah, think is what never let them get back into it. Even though, which I mean, what <laughs> what was the ending to this game? First of all, it it's was like, like everybody got drunk and forgot to play basketball. It was it was like a full court press scheme, a la junior high school, where let's see if the Hawks can just chuck it around and pick off the passes. It's like you're playing that urban team that's just super athletic and like nobody's like everyone's like shorter than your third shortest guy but they're just so quick and fast and trap you and they're, you can't do anything yeah the hawks looked like they didn't know how to like they hadn't run a press break yeah since <laughs> since high school crazy. yeah <laughs> and uh the the sixers was forcing turnover after turn turnover kevin herter got a five second call after a made basket it, it couldn't <laughs> inbound the ball and i think it was made after a made free throw yeah somehow the hawks were able to hold on i mean they were up big the entire game yeah. philly cut it down to i think a f- five points and then herder got a five second call which led to free throws and they cut it down to to three so it was a, somehow the sixers cut it down to a one possession game with under under two minutes left and bogdanovich hit a very timely three and and shushed the crowd now he shushed like his finger was like on his nose like kind of between his eyes it was probably it was one of the worst like shushing mm. And he is pointing Techniques to his third seen. eye. Yeah. Like I can see you. I know what's happening. My Here's my totally not related to this game thing for this game. Just watching this specifically game amazes me how much more help Trey Young has than Luka. Like just how much better the Hawks team is minus Luka. Or minus... Sure. How much better the Hawks team minus Trey is than the Mavericks team minus Luka. Like if you put Luka on this Hawks team, they're title threats right now and for the next 10 years yeah so part of that is the the hawks front office made a huge splash this free this summer spent so much money in free agency right so they knew who they wanted to get on around around trey the mavericks thought they knew who they wanted around luca and spent all that money on christoph's Porzingis. which by the way did i did you speaking of that did you know that i, I just read this that when the the Mavericks called to inquire about Tim Hardaway Jr., I love it. And then we're also well, well, so 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 in the trade, the Mavericks traded a bunch of stuff for Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., I think other uh, Courtney Lee, I don't remember, whatever. But those two, and so so the Mavericks had wanted like the Mavericks had inquired about Porzingis at another point and didn't hear back. But they called the Knicks and were like, "Hey, is Tim Hardaway Jr. available?" And the Knicks were like, yes, also, do you want Kristaps? But you have like, to take Kristaps. They're like, yeah, well, no, I don't want to distort too much. <laughs> but they called with the intention of trading for Tim Hardaway Jr. And the Knicks also like, well, do you want Kristaps too? And they're you like, still- yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know you had some interest earlier. Do you still want him? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's but yeah, so, so yeah, so I mean, the Hawks made good free agent signings. Like Bogdanovich was great in game one, not great in game two, but Galinar has been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Clint Capella trade. Capella is the perfect center 
for training. I know. Like, he's We've so been saying great. that. I love he's it. So yeah. John Collins hasn't been great in this series. He's been okay. But I would take him over anybody on the Mavericks, you know, besides <laughs> Luca. That's my that's my barometer for if they're good or not. And Gallinari, which has been good. You said Kevin Herter. He's been really good, especially with mm-hmm. DeAndre Hunter out. He's been playing a lot. Which, by the way, which do we sucks. know? Which he's out for the season. DeAndre Hunter is, oh, is out he? for the season. Oh, I just, he just reported I today, yeah. which sucks. Yeah, that's um, great two-way player. Best perimeter defender. Uh, that's that's actually really going to hurt. So, funny enough, he has a torn meniscus just like Joel Embiid. <laughs> and oh, it beats Strapp really? in 14-15. <laughs> now, that's, that's what everyone's going to read. That's what the headlines are going to be all about that. But DeAndre Hunter also had another surgical repair on his knee this season. It's more of a Hmm. Like an alarming thing than Joel Embiid. Um, Embiid's hyperextended knee didn't require any surgery or anything like that. So Hunter's knee has already been operated on this season. So yeah, his his is a little worse than Joel Embiid's. Right. But you're you're always gonna read that DeAndre Hunter gets shut down for the season while Joel Embiid drops forty yep. fifty yep. in a tournament. This yep, yep, that's fun. Um, uh, yeah. So game two was well. I, was, well, game one more note on on game yeah. game one. I don't know if there's such a thing as one decision being a fireable offense as a coach, but Doc Rivers starting Danny Green yeah. on Trey Young might be a fireable offense because what? This is what I, I mean, come on, <laughs> what are we? This doing? is what I was leading lead into. Yeah, go ahead. Game two, they made Doc made the the necessary adjustment. Went with Ben Simmons, which seemed like the yeah the necessary adjustment, as in he stopped shooting up crystal meth and was like, maybe yes. I'll put Ben Simmons on Trey Young. Now he did say after game one. Simmons had a couple. I, I think I saw a number on this. I think it was like 18% of possessions that they were on the court together. Simmons was guarding Trey. And in game two, 46% of the possessions they were together. Simmons was guarding Trey. Okay. In, uh, so, yeah, made a huge difference. Both, he just was not comfortable. He didn't have the space to get off his like step back long range three. Struggled to get, struggled knowing that Ben Simmons was always kind of trailing him, coming down to paint. Yeah, floaters. Well, for sure. It just, I mean, over, throughout the course of the game, yeah, Trey got more comfortable. Uh, but you could, you could definitely tell Ben Simmons had a, a had a big impact, definitely at the start. Um, and in game one, Trey was just doing whatever he wanted on Danny Green. <laughs> it was that was fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. It's. I don't know. Doc Rivers. What? What? Are we doing? <laughs> I do love Danny Green getting booed by the uh, by Philadelphia by his home crowd. I could have told you. The more time changes, the same. Yeah, exactly. The stays the same. <laughs> he is currently one of nine from three in this series. I love it. Uh, they, the big Another big thing for me in game two was game one, the Sixers bench got absolutely killed. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, speaking of questionable coaching decisions, yes. that, that Doc is playing like four bench players in he does, you know, he, He'll do the all, he'll all, he did at one point the all bench unit. I don't know. I don't like, know why. What is happening here? We're in we the playoffs. Should, why there do, should you be, do not need a 10 man rotation? That's in the what playoffs. I'm saying. Embiid or Tobias Harris Curry. Tobias Harris, yes. Should be on the floor, like, at all times. Because oh, what are we doing for offense? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Game two, like you said, we made the necessary yet obvious choice of Ben yes. Simmons and Trey Young. Uh, Shake Milton game, maybe the, uh, the Shake yeah, Milton. So appearance? we talked about we talked about the, the bench uh, in game one, but game two, the Sixers bench had zero points in the first half, and Shake finally gets in the game after the Hawks have made this crazy run. They've even taken a lead at eighty to seventy nine. I can't remember how much they were down. I want to it say was like, like 20 18, points. 20, like, yeah. Yeah, like pretty so the early this, in the this second, great yeah. run um, with like two minutes left in the third. They had actually taken the lead. Shake checks in. Shake Milton off the bench. Hits two threes to end the quarter. Um, now he splashes a deep yes. one at the buzzer. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think he finished like 14 points over like a six or seven minute yeah. stretch of game time. In, in that span, it, the, the lead grew to like 104 to 86. What like a they gig. Just went on a huge run. What yeah. a gig for Shake Milton. Just come in and jack some 40 foot half court shots. Bottom line for me is the Hawks have no answer for Embiid. I know. <laughs> He's scoring 40 a game in this series. That's why uh, I'm confident in Philly in six as long as he keeps playing yeah, like I, he doesn't have a I torn meniscus. I am amazed that, the, that this is what Joel Embiid looks like. Yeah. I'm terrified this is what Joel Embiid looks like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really mm. like them in the series. I think the Hawks will count. They'll definitely compete. Clint Capella will hold his own. I mean, he's definitely not on Joel Embiid's level, but I think that's a fine choice for the Hawks. We'll see a lot more double teams, I know, coming up. And if they can get Embiid to keep... Embiid has really settled 
for mid-range jumpers. I'm wondering. I don't know if it's because of his knee. I'm wondering know. if it's that that he because he loves driving and falling over. He's a big exactly. fallover guy, so he might exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's so far he's been so consistent with them. But we'll see if that changes because if he starts falling in love with that mid-range, a little hesitant to to ram through, right. compel every possession, and those shots aren't falling. You know, we could be talking about a different series That's here, true. but but we'll see. Okay, so that brings us on to the last series, Bucks Nets, which before the series started, we talked that we were excited to see it, that it was a finals matchup potential, that the winner was favored to win the finals, and that, again, like I said, it would be a good series, is what we thought going into it. Yes. This is what the everyday person thought. Boy, do we have egg on our face. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so let's not let's not let's not to get too far ahead. Let's start game one. Game one, which was a competitive game, it was a real game of basketball. You could tell that both teams had a chance to win after the tip off. Yes. Um, James Harden. James Harden got injured in the first play. In the game. Literally the first play, <laughs> and so we don't laugh at injuries. We don't make fun of injuries, even no. though every time I say that, I say but, and then make fun of the injury. So, As you should, because you said you don't make fun of injuries. We don't make fun of injuries. Understanding that. We don't make fun of injuries. But <laughs> is this karma for quitting on the Rockets? That like Harden gave up on the city of Houston, his hamstrings gave up on him? Yes. Probably. I, yes. That he, I mean, he'll, he seems to be out for a significant amount of, well, he's not, they haven't announced he's going to come back anytime soon. And, yes. You know, playoff but- soon. His hamstring is a lingering injury that he dealt with all season long. Missed a huge chunk of the season, uh, regular season. So I I guarantee they'd be a little cautious, more cautious um, than if this was just popping up for the first time. So they have no time timeline for his return. We will see what if he's out, and yeah. we'll see if it if it will matter. <laughs> yeah, the thing. So so with that in mind, especially this was really the first uh, meaningful basketball game Kevin Durant has played in. In like two yeah. seasons, because they sure didn't need him in the first round, and he was great. In case you forgot, he's really good at basketball. I, I like I said, I, I think I've, I've, I know I've said this to you, Seth. Maybe off pod, or maybe in a, in a different context, that he is the best mid range shooter in the league. Yeah, and anytime he gets a clean look from the mid range, you're surprised if it hits the rim. Because right. he's just so good at it. It's so easy. It's so effortless and fluid. You shoot, he can shoot over anybody with that size. It's it's impossible to yeah. stop. He's really phenomenal. Is. And every superstar flops. Every great player knows how to manipulate the refs. And I love the way that he does it because he doesn't <laughs> like he doesn't sell it. He doesn't overact. He doesn't flail. He doesn't make this pained expression on his face. He just goes limp. He just relaxes his body. When he feels contact, he just goes to the ground. It's like a movie when it's a weird POV, and as you're falling, the camera's falling with you. That's what he's doing. Is that he's just <laughs> he's just leaving the standing up plane and moving to a horizontal plane, and it works because he's not he's not like this Giannis LeBron types that are barreling over people, complaining that they get fouled all the time, but they just take contact well that you can't see it because you can see it when he takes contact. You can see it when he takes contact, <laughs> and you could see PJ Tucker giving him contact, getting frustrated because he was in foul trouble. And so we mentioned last episode how the Bucks were going to match up. They started with P.J. Tucker in the game so they could give him KD duties. And yeah. he was getting real frustrated because he could not stay clean in game one. Now, I think he's doing a good job, and I think he's the best bet. He's definitely uh, the best bet. On the, him. Yes. And, but it's so hard to guard Kevin Durant and stay out of foul trouble. He is Kevin Durant has his patented... patented like swipe through yeah they didn't change the rules because of the yeah yeah, because of him yeah (laughs) and he still has it down he uh he has not forgot that uh he'll swipe through if if he sees your hand down draw contact and go up with it at least now yeah now they don't give you two free throws for it but he doesn't rack up the fouls now he he was on the other end of foul trouble in this game got his fourth foul midway through the third quarter and like the broadcast made a big deal of him waving off coach steve nash (laughs) saying i'm don't don't take me out and twice in this third quarter, he very much got superstar his way out of getting a fifth foul. Yes. Twice he committed a foul, what should have been a foul on Brook Lopez. The first time, they called the foul on Brook Lopez, where he was boxing out Brook Lopez, and he, like, under-wrapped his arm around Brook Lopez's shoulder. 
Yeah, I keep saying Brooke Lopez because I don't want to say Lopez because that sounds weird. That's like, what was, oh, um, all time you have to say both names is Cameron Payne. He's campaign. Yes. You never campaign. say Cameron. You never say Payne. Payne. You say campaign. Campaign. So, so Brooke is trying to go for this rebound. Kevin Durant under like arm wraps him up and then just falls over. And then in Kevin Durant's style, they call a foul on Lopez. Bucks challenge. It gets overturned, but the refs say that there was no illegal contact on the play. And if that's an illegal contact, call up your favorite WWE star and get him an NBA contract. Because if what Durant's <laughs> doing is legal, we should be seeing a lot more of that. Because it's very effective in stopping them from getting a rebound. So so that should have been a foul on Durant. And then there was another one that he tried to take a charge on Brook Lopez at the end of the quarter. And there was a no call, which it, it, it could have been a charge, but they should have called something. And I just think they didn't want to call foul on Durant, so they just didn't call anything. But he didn't get the foul. He was great. He had like 13 points in the third quarter, and they go on to win the game. So right. and and this game one, it was just a terrible shooting for the uh, Milwaukee. They were six of thirty from three. Just an anomaly. I think, yeah. That's five, what it felt like. Was five it five of thirty? I think, okay. yeah. Yeah, but it felt like just well, they'll bounce back, they'll shoot better. Like if they shoot average in this game, they win comfortably. They'll shoot better mm-hmm. from three, and they'll write the ship in game two. And then game two happened. How's this, Seth? What the buck happened in game two? (laughs) Yes. That's pretty good. (laughs) Nets go up by 49 at one point in game two, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it was like Uh, a, it was a, they, the Bucks battled back to get it to 35 or whatever it finished. (laughs) Um, Game one, let's look at the net or the Bucks for a little bit because Giannis has been good. Not great. Giannis has been good. I still, I want him to be better. He should be better. Absolutely. But they are just packing in the paint on him, daring him to do anything besides get to the rim. I'm so fascinated. If he does get to the rim, they're sitting on his spin move because that's his go to move. That's what he likes to do. They're playing him like you play a center. Like you play. Yes. Except not because most centers now can shoot. They're playing him like you play a center in 1979. Where right. anytime he's outside of the restricted area, you're not there because you're just waiting because you know he's going to come into you. So you're just going to can't do anything to hurt you out there. So they were playing Blake Griffin and, and Nick Claxton on him. And like I said, that Durant was trying to box up Brook Lopez because Durant has to guard Brook Lopez because the center's guarding Giannis. And that's <laughs> not a mismatch. The Bucks are exploiting like they should be exploiting. But the Bucks aren't doing much of anything offensively. Yeah. So Drew Holding and Chris Milton have been bad. Uh, unfortunately, bad. My guy, my yeah, All Star. That you were, you were so happy that I didn't pick him in the All Star draft because you I still he think was he's so underrated. All-Star. He is so underrated. He was so, uh, but he's him, not. He's rated just fine in this apparently, series. Apparently, he was great in the first series, but this is a bad look for him. Him and Drew had thirty points on forty-two shots in the first game, the game that felt like it was theirs to take. Yeah. Uh, after the Harden injury, um, like if those two guys don't have a horrible shooting night. You know, we're looking at a 1-1 series potentially, but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, we got to give some credit to Blake Griffin. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to give credit to Blake Griffin and credit to me and say Skip Bayless is an idiot. I'm going to say it. Well, yes, but I meant Bill Simmons. Oh, yes. They're all time I, that's true. <laughs> so, so Bill Simmons, I've mentioned this before, when the, when the, um, when the Nets acquired Blake Griffin in the buyout market, he was, he was very... Uh, set in his ways, very confident to say, who cares? Uh, if you've been watching basketball this year, he's terrible. He's not going to affect him. He's not going to play. He's not going to make the player rotation. He has done all of those things. Not only has he played, not only is he in the player rotation, he is affecting. He has been, he has been awesome. So game one, 18 points on four of nine from three, 14 rebounds. And he's been the primary, he's been the Giannis stopper, which is, <laughs> which is not something that I ever thought I would understand. And it's just by effort. He's just giving a crap ton of effort. Yeah, he's diving on the floor, making all the right plays. He he knows his role. He is staying in his role. Dare you say it. he's starring in his? He's role. He's starring in his role. That's right. <laughs> I just made that up. Actually, I like it. I think you should trademark that. Yeah. Uh, something that stuck out to me. Like, this is a a total like, what what to say? What the what the buck are you guys doing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Landry Shamit catch the ball, posting up Bryn Forbes. For some reason. Chris Middleton starts shading his direction. Chris Middleton's guarding Joe Harris, best shooter on the court, uh, best three-point shooter on the court. And 
Middleton starts shading towards Shamit in the post and just leave loses track with Joe Harris, who just fades to the corner for a wide open three. I don't understand how that happens. Like, what what are you worried about Landry Shamit doing posting up in Forbes? It's just like this decision making like that is just has thrown me the off. The lapses here. are ter- it's and like I said, I mentioned in the last series that the Doc Rivers starting Danny Green on on Trey Young is a fireable offense. There are a lot of fireable offenses from Mike Budenholzer this series. None more better than why is Jeff Teague playing in crucial playoff minutes? Yeah, getting a, getting a real minutes. run in game one. <laughs> and they like towards the end of the third quarter, he, they have like numbers advantage in transition. He takes this pull up three that just clanks off the rim of the backboard. It's just like they're not prepared. And like you said, that that Chris Middleton, that weird thing. It's like, what are we doing? Like, like there's a lot of things that they're doing that I just don't understand. From you haven't a, done this all year. Like, so we're not prepared. Why now? Yeah, why are we not prepared for these things? I will. We'll say something nice about the Nets. That it's not just even though it feels like the Bucks are just throwing the series away, even though they're not out of it yet. But the the Nets. Not star players have been fantastic. So, like oh, we said, yeah. uh, Blake Griffin's been great. Uh, Mike James, after playing in the Middle East somewhere for a decade, comes in as is playing great in Game One. All I can think of when Mike James comes in is, is Mike Jones. Remember Mike Jones? Yep, the yep, 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 yep. Boop, Mike Jones. I had, I, had to, I had to check to make sure I had the name right. So I want to, <laughs> I want to say the other one. Yeah, and then Bruce Brown, who how can you not love him? That he is the ultimate glue guy in the trenches. Lunch pail hat. What a what work. said he's uh he's out PJ Tuckering PJ Tucker. He's yeah, a, he's a former point guard up to this point. Now he's playing hybrid center <laughs> for the Nets. He's yeah. shooting little floaters. In the he paint loves his floater, and it, he I I don't think he's missed. Yeah, I mean, so they've been great, but I I do think the story is that the Bucks are getting so thoroughly outcoached. It's it's not even funny. Yeah, they need the, to make adjustments. That the Blake Griffin is locking down Giannis. You know. Claxing the thing is about the, the Bucks is, is we know about the the Nets defensively are not are not sound defensively. They haven't been all year. They they tend to break down if you get the ball moving and you start attacking closeouts, which the Bucks have been great at all year long. Now, for whatever reason, in this series, it's early shot clock pull up jump shots, which is exactly what the Nets want. Yeah, uh, they, you, well, your guy Chris Milton likes to do that. That's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, so he I mean he was over five in game one, but. From three, over five from three, game one, twenty three percent on the series, thirty percent in the series from the field. Didn't attempt a free throw in game two, which is indicative that he's just shooting these crappy pull up twos. I heard a stat said about how bad the Bucks offense. Just like you said, I don't think this. I mean, credit to the Nets that they're, they're they have a game plan, they're executing it. But I just think the Bucks are just so underwhelming in terms of what their offensive game plan is. So. Yeah. I'm regurgitating a regurgitated stat. So somebody quoted the stat, and I'm re-quoting it. I'm not going to give credit to the names because I didn't write it down. But in this series, possessions with at least five passes. That's it. I don't have to explain that okay. any further. That makes sense. Yes. But the Nets have 35. The Bucks have three. I don't understand. In game two, it was 17 to one. Possessions with at least five passes. And that, I mean, you could, like... If you, I'm not going to go back and watch it because it was disgusting basketball. But the there was there was no flow, like you said. There's no flow to the Bucks' offense. You have Giannis dribbling up and like trying to hesitate ISO spin move on Blake Griffin, who's 15 feet off of him, and that's the <laughs> offensive possession. Chris Middleton's taking these long like step in the ball screen pull up jump shots, and which he's which I will say he's phenomenal at. He's a great mid range pull up shooter, but. They're not making but the, the bucks, at, They're not making the nets work defensively. That's that's my problem. And you know, you're taking that shot at 15 seconds on the shot clock. Yeah, that shot's there at the end of the shot clock. Why not make them work yeah. and look and, and get an easy look? Uh, I, I just, it's frustrating to watch. You know, Mike Boonholzer's just well, sweating on the he's side. He's absolutely coaching for his job because yes. I, I don't remember ever seeing a team that just looks so unprepared or just so not executing or didn't have a good game plan going into the series. Like, what is the team that just and just beat down the heat, just wore them down. Yeah, and, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. I, I don't. What happened to that team? I don't know. Um, maybe game three at home will light something. I don't know. It's they are. To have they any... go back home. It'll be a rowdy crowd. The crowd's not going to be out of it. I just hope that. I hope. I just. I don't. I just want to see. Okay. <laughs> I, I want. Yeah. I'm starting to get this feeling that it's like, have we just been dumb and we need something to talk about and have like been down playing the nets and like. This team just clearly has. I would say, I would unloaded. say, 
Unequivocally, yes, but James Harden's out. They're that's doing true. this okay. without James Harden. But they've done it all year without James Harden. That's the other thing. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. These I, guys haven't been playing together all year. The thing is that, that we thought the Nets would be so incredible is because they'd be so incredible offensively. And that hasn't been the story. It's been the Bucks. The Bucks scored like 80-something points. 86, 86 points like, in game two. Like, f- like 40 points under their season average. Yes. Like that's not – I mean, the Nets are playing better defensively. Than they did in the regular season, but it's, it's not. They just woke up and decided to be locked down defenders. It's the Bucks' no. offensive game plan is terrible. We'll see what changes. Hopefully, something changes because otherwise, we're getting two more games of this. Yeah, this will be a quick series. All right. Um. Well, I think that's it. That's good, right? I want to go yeah. watch the game that's happening yeah. right now. You got any Sun, predictions? Suns Nuggets right now. Uh, yeah, that Jokic has a good game. I bet Jokic is nope. really good tonight. Nope, not gonna happen. <laughs> I I think the Suns will win comfortably. I'm going to say it. Okay. I hope not. Mm. Okay. All right. Good app. That's we'll it. We'll be back. Uh, should soon. we Should we try to bring out a splash or pass next week? Yeah. Let's bring back splash right. pass. Yeah. Right. It's been too long. Fans have been hankering for it. All right. Right. All right, Logan Martin. Send us off, kid. Ooh. Oh, changed up. Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear that Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet and flush it. My last dance be a stance of general custard. I hot dog cause I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why that can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'ma keep the same grin whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'ma fight to the end. Let's go. Ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan comes my way, yeah. Work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits and my talents will surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates disliking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing. I've been dog biting, scratching, and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam been with a dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town at Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich. As good as it gets. And giving your point guard fierce. He thinks he's done seeing pressure, man. But he ain't seen. Shh. Ain't no way they can know. 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 Ain't no way they can stop me now. Champion, I'm a big fan of the Yankees. Too much pride.
Champion. Champion.